This is The Bible in Depth with PJ. Join us as we take a deeper look into scriptures and study the Word of God together. Now here is Pastor Jim. Hey everybody, we're back and uh, with our uh, midweek Bible study. I love teaching the Bible to y'all. Um, some of you watch it live. Some of you watch it later on on Facebook. Many of you watch it on YouTube uh, tomorrow. And then um, also you download as a podcast. So we're in the second half of Psalm 126 as we're going through selected Psalms. And this is part two of, the, uh, of this Psalm 126. It's called God Rewrites. Let me tell you why I like that. Because I'm so appreciative of the fact that God rewrites my life. Have you ever noticed how many times you and I mess things up even when we have great intentions? You ever notice we make some bad decisions, we get off on our own agendas and thoughts, and God changes things if we listen to His voice and listen to His Word. I, I really appreciate that. That God can redeem the time, He can redeem my life of the things that I've kind of done wrong, not kind of, I've done wrong. Now in this, let's get a bit of a review. They're coming back from Babylon, <clears throat> is what they're doing in this uh, psalm. They were taken there, the deportation, somewhere a little bit about 605, 604 B.C. by the Babylonians, Nebuchadnezzar. The Persians conquered the Babylonians, and uh, they have a different viewpoint of government. They allow conquered peoples to go back. So now, some of these people who were there all their lives, or born there and even in Babylon now, are coming back to the homeland. And they're coming back in the time of Ezra, the Old Testament letter of Ezra, and with Zerubbabel leading the way. 50,000 people are, are coming back, and they're traveling 800 miles to their homeland. And as they're traveling, they're making statements. And these are the statements. And last week we saw some of the statements are that we are like those who dream. And isn't it like a dream when something finally happens? It's like, wow, I waited this for years for it to happen. Now it's here. It's like a dream. And, and it says, our mouth is filled with joyful shouting. You ever just get so excited? Just, God, it just comes out of your mouth because it's filling your heart with joy. And they also made a statement that we and the nation say, the Lord has done great things and we are glad. Not only... Are they seeing God doing great things in their life? The nations are taking notice of the great things in their life. And that's an important thing too. So that's the way we should kind of, you know, we should look at our salvation that way. Though we've been set free. We, we in a sense, we've left Babylon. Our lives are transformed. Our, our, our words were filled with joyful talk and, and joyful shout, and we love to come and worship God. The people around us, which is really important, friends, they see the transformation of our lives, that God has done great things in our lives. And that's where people take notice, and that is basically uh, the pre-evangelism, some of the, not all, but some of the pre-evangelism that we do in, in others, they see the change in us. We live in a world more and more moving towards postmodernism. there is no God, but when they see a transformation of life, that's pre-evangelism right there. Now. Now, you can tell from these statements, these people are on a high. And it's great to be on a high, man. But then it's going to move now. There's a movement, and any great story has a, starts high and then takes you to a low point, and then it builds back up again. And I think Hollywood steals these things from, from the Bible. So they're going to move from a spiritual high to, we'll just call it, reality. And here comes reality, so here we go. The first thing is, there's a God part, and there's a my part. Okay, verse 4 says, Restore our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. When they say, restore our captivity, what they're saying is this. We're going to get back to our homeland, our land, places where we had crops, 
But we've been gone a long time. And whenever you leave something a long time, there's a lot of work to be done because things move, like I said, uh, Sunday, they move from order to disorder, second law of thermodynamics or entropy. But here's the application for my life and yours. We get saved. And you know what? Some things are transformed in a moment. You ever notice that? That's a great thing. But other things took time. And they're still taking time. And that can be a, a source of frustration or just a source of reality. But what we're saying here, I think what it's saying to us is, we have to do our part with the power of the Holy Spirit to continue to change and to grow good fruit in our lives. Now, in that, he also says, restore our captivity as the streams in the south. Now, what in the world is he talking about? Well, it, it, it's like this. The rain would fall far away, far away from where they're at. But as the rain comes down, hits the mountains, comes through areas of desert, which is fast flood time, really fast flood, flash flood time. We've seen that in the desert area of Vegas. The water can accumulate. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, where they're at, this rain that came down in a faraway place, all of a sudden, boom, here it comes. Oh. They suddenly appear, this water. Here's the application. The streams of water that suddenly appear, boom, that's God's part. He miraculously delivers us from certain habits, certain addictions, anger, maybe irritation, maybe control issues. I don't know. It's just, there's just a wide variety of things. But then there's the restore our captivity, which is our part. There's the God part. There's our part. We cooperate with God as we work out our salvation and we grow. See... The whole thing boils down to this. There's a new you that you never knew. Do you know that no matter how long you've been saved, there's still a new you you never knew. There's still more and more newness to come in your life because God continues to grow us. Now, the key truth is I can keep growing personally or I can just get stuck. I can just stay stuck in my personal development and I can always think that everybody else doesn't get it and everybody else needs to change. But I like the fact that I can keep growing. God keeps rewriting the script of my life. There's still some turns in the river. There's things around the bend of my life that I have not experienced yet. Now, the second thing I want to say is out of these verses is this. There are painful parts to the rewrite. Yeah, there are. Look at verse 5. Those who sow in tears shall reap with joyful shouting. Mmm, man. He says we sow, we plant in tears, but yet we reap the crop of joyful shouting. Now I want you to think about them coming back to their land. Let's go back because you've got to put yourself in the original hearers, what they're experiencing to get the real truth out of this, and then the application can come from that. See, <clears throat> when land, which they're coming back to, has not been plowed or worked for a long time, it can get pretty hard. Some parts of our life, there's pieces of our heart, friends, every one of us, every one of us. Some hard parts. Some pieces have not been plowed up, we won't let it get plowed up. And get pretty hard in our heart about certain things, can't it? Now, let's be honest. There's just a part of every one of us that we won't change certain things until pain forces us to change. I hate that about myself, but it's a fact. 
But here's the cool thing. We know that a loving God never wastes a hurt or a pain in our lives, and He'll use it for good. And there's many times when I'm in the middle of pain that I, I hate it. I re, but after the fact, because we understand in reverse, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that God used that to do some changes in my life, to take me into a more truth from the Scriptures. Now, the third thing I want to say is new life requires new seed. Watch verse 6. He who goes to and fro, weeping, carrying his bag of seed, shall indeed come again with, with a shout of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Hmm. He's carrying his bag of seed. <clears throat> what does that mean? New life requires new seed. What is the new seed in our life? It is so simple. It is God's word. It is, so, it is God's word. That's the new seed. See, I can't grow um, better, different fruit in my life with the wrong seed. I just can't. That's an impossibility. Let me tell you one of my frustrations and one of the things I observe. Um, people do this all the time. They listen to all the wrong things. And we have such a, a media-driven society, it's easy to listen to all the wrong things read the wrong books, listen to the wrong social media postings, read all kinds of people's opinions instead of the Word of God, and then they wonder why they grow unwanted crops, unwanted thinking. Let me just share with you something that you go, yeah, that's true. Um, I've been around 64 years, almost 65. And the cultural thinking and I'm not saying everyone in the United States is like this. I think there's still plenty of us who think properly. But the cultural thinking is certain, you know, a, a small percentage of people control a lot of media outlets in America. It's been that way for decades in case you didn't know that. And they use that to control your thinking in case you didn't know that either. I don't think they understand. Well, I think they do understand that. But decade by decade, um, the thinking uh, being pushed forth to us has gone from how should I say it? Bad to worse to crazy. It's just insane. The things that they're putting forth, the images they're, they're pushing towards us, the things that were once wrong, they call it right. And the things that, that are, are right, that were once right, they call it, it's wrong. It's just wrong. And so it's very important for us to get into truth. See, truth is the most attacked thing in the history of mankind. From the moment Adam and Eve were created there in the garden, what was attacked? The truth of God's word. Surely God did not say that is what the serpent said. No, no. See, it's always going to be attacked. See, but I can't grow godly character with wrong seed. I need the seed of the word of God. I need a steady dose of the word of God. That's why one of my favorite verses is this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. And be careful to do everything that's written therein. Then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll find success. It's a very simple process. Read it, meditate on it, speak it, live it, and watch what God does. He'll do some good stuff. Because God honors His Word. New life requires new seed, and new seed is the Word of God. It's just that simple. Now, watch this story in Matthew um, chapter 13. Check this out. <clears throat> because here's one of the enemies... Um, goals. 
Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 to 28. It's a, it's a parable of the wheat and the tares. It says, Jesus presented another parable to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. Now remember, the seed is the word of God. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed tares. Those are weeds, planting some weeds in there. Among the wheat and went away. These are competing thoughts with the word. This is the culture trying to put their thoughts in to distort the word, blur the word, mix the word. But when the wheat sprouted up and bore grain, then the tares became evident also. So it all grows up. You can see the wheat. You can see the tares. The slaves of the landowner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. Ah, now you find someone in the story has a discern, enough discernment to know an enemy has sown these things in here. Because this doesn't jive. The slave said to him, do you want us to then go and gather them up? We'll stop right there. But I want you to notice something in the story. We have an enemy of our soul. And the enemy of our soul is always using cultural thinking to try to inject into our biblical thinking, mix it together, blend it together. No, you can't do that. You can't, it's called syncretism. You can't do that. You got to know your word of God. But know that the enemy is always coming to try to put weeds into our thinking. So you must be wise. You must be careful what you put in your head. Now, I need to say this so it doesn't get so... Um, you don't get a negative outlook on everything. When I talk about the culture out there, I'm not saying uh, for some of you to think that we believers right now are experiencing... We're the only ones ever experienced stuff like this. No. Peter and Paul, John and the gang, they've experienced far worse in their culture, worse thinking, worse actions. And yeah, are we heading that one day? Yeah. But they experienced it too. But here's the cool thing about that. They focused on spreading the Word of God. That was their focus. They didn't get caught up in all these side issues. They focused on spreading the Word of God and Christianity spread and spread and spread. Never forget that. Never forget that. Where sin does abound, so much more does grace abound, Romans says. Now, number four, new life requires new seed. New life which requires new seed is continual. Mm. He says he goes to and fro with the seed. To and fro. To and fro. And they would throw the seed out there, after the, you know, and then they plow out the ground. It's continual. A, a farmer continuously plants seed. After a harvest, he doesn't sit back and say, well, that's it. I don't need to throw more seed out there. It's pretty good now. No. If he stopped throwing seed out there, he'd go under. He would go bankrupt. So, too, in our lives, we must continually plant new seed. One crop's coming in, one, another crop's growing. We're always planting new seed. This is what people don't get about their finances. And I just wish they'd understand it. They think, well, I tithed for two months, tithed for two months and, and I just stopped. I, nothing happened. You got to keep planting seed. One day these crops are going to kick in, but hopefully you have more crops and you're always planting more seed, more seed. And then pretty soon you got multiple crops growing at all times. It's pretty simple arithmetic. Now, we must continually plant new seed for God to continually rewrite our lives in a good way. Here's my question that I'll leave you with today. Why is it so difficult to do this? Why is it so difficult to have a discipline of steady, steady reading of the Bible, steady worship, steady fellowship, steady serving? Why, why is it so difficult? And guess what? 
I can't answer that for you. I can only answer it for me. You have to ans ask yourself that question. Because if you're a Christian, you've been around a while, you know all those things in Scripture. We're supposed to be doing these things. So why aren't you doing it? Now, it finishes with they're bringing in the sheaves. Now, what in the world is a sheave? Now, a sheave is when they bring in all the wheat, they put it in bundles and it stands up like in stalks like that. <clears throat> Can you imagine their first crops? They've come back home. They've, they've planted. It grows their first crops. They take the wheat and they separate it from, and then they pound it down to flour and you make one of the most important provisions of that day and that's bread. Man, can you imagine buttering that thing, putting the toaster oven first time? Okay, they didn't have toaster ovens. But anyway, can you imagine the great joy that they experience? Can you imagine the provision they now have? They have their own provision. They're praising God. They're in their land. There is abundance. Man, life is good. And that's a picture of the Christian life being rewritten. Man, there's provision. There's praising. You're in your place in life, in your land. There is abundance, man. And man, all you do is sit back and say, praise God, praise God because you have experienced abundant life and life is good, but you still know you gotta go out and plant more seed. <laughs> you just gotta keep doing it. But it just gets better and better and better. Not to say you don't have problems, but it does get better and better and better. Well, I'm gonna pause right there, stop there. I'll pick it up next week. We're gonna do Psalm 127 next week. We'll see you later. Thank you for joining us. If you have any questions or need prayer, please send us an email to hello at nbcc.com. We'd love it if you would subscribe to this podcast and take a second to rate it. Until then, we'll see you next time.